So we just had, uh, this is Mark's edition. Um, the calling of the apostles is listed in the different gospel accounts. And we just hear today the gospel account of Mark. And it's funny because he stresses here, they're being fishermen, the fishers of men. And it's funny because I know a few activities that, that you could possibly partake in, unlike even playing sports or whatever, that it could be so boring when you're not catching fish, but so fun when you are. Uh, Mark and I, we, we used to get out more fishing, but ever since um, becoming provincial the last few years, we really haven't had much of a chance. Uh, but that's the one thing we try to do a couple times a year is get out fishing. And it's funny because I've taken other people fishing and when you're catching fish, no matter who you are, a three-year-old little girl or an 85-year-old person, they have a ball. And when you're not catching fish, nobody's having fun. And so it's the same, it seems, here. Now, first of all, let's look at fishing. I'm going to use something I know to try to equate, and I think it's interesting, because I actually wrote a paper on this. My, my priestly professor said, well, this is interesting, Brother Chris, but I'm going to share this with you. Now... Before I do, though, uh, at the time of Jesus, all life centered around the Sea of Galilee. This is what we're talking about. Um, it's only 13 miles long by 8 miles. And so it is important to realize it's just not a huge thing, uh, like a, even a Lake Erie or something. Certainly not one of the Great Lakes. In fact, Luke doesn't even call it a sea. He calls it a lake, Lake Gennesaret. And anyway, the Bible basically says they followed him uh, here at the Sea of Galilee. So it's surrounding, uh, being uh, centered on by this lake. But it's probably not the first time that they had seen Jesus, um, you know, being a small area there. Uh, some were already John the Baptist's disciples. And it starts by saying, after John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel. So this, this happened here probably uh, with some of the disciples of John. In fact, we know that. Now Jesus wants to see how serious they are about following him. Now he wants to do the same with us. Okay, this is important. So he called those with the skills they already had to be of service to him. Well, Father, what kind of skills do they have catching fish? This is really kind of interesting. Now, God has in the past called others, like shepherds, right? Now, who did God call in the past in the Old Testament? Moses and David. They were shepherds. Why? To shepherd his people of Israel. So this is really interesting to me. Now Jesus comes and calls fishermen to be the fishers of men. Now, when I wrote this paper, I, I, I remember finding some things online about it. There was, I wish I could quote, because I had found, I remember a couple good articles. So some of this I, I had quoted in my paper, but I couldn't find it. So I tried to do this from memory. So um, I, I just think it's really a good connection. See, why? Why, Father? Why are you talking about this? Because fishermen have the qualities to be good fishers of men. Well, if you're listening here, you're going to say, well, Father, I'm not a fisherman. But the exact same thing here, what Jesus tried to teach them, is about teaching and preaching and evangelizing. 
What do I mean by this? All right, first of all, let's look what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to find teachers, preachers, and evangelizers. Now your priests are your teachers and preachers. You are evangelizers. <clears throat> you also preach and teach, but mostly you evangelize, bring people to Christ. Who is Jesus and why you want to follow him? But why would he pick fishermen to do this evangelization, bringing people to Christ? Why a fisherman? I think it's fascinating. First of all, you must have patience. Fishermen, you must wait patiently until the right time when the fish will take the bait. Okay, you must. If you are restless, quick to move, um, you'll never be a good fisherman. You gotta be patient. Fishers of men must be patient in preaching and teaching and evangelizing. Why? Because you're not gonna have quick results. Father, I asked my son to pray the rosary with him last year and nothing happened. <laughs> of course, you gotta be patient. You gotta keep trying. It's just not gonna happen overnight and it's not gonna happen instantly. You gotta be patient. Next, you must have perseverance. A fisherman, just like a fisherman, you must have perseverance. A fisherman must learn never to be discouraged, but to try and try again. So as a person of Jesus, as a preacher, teacher, or evangelizer, bringing your loved ones to Christ, you must have perseverance. At all times, um, if in preaching and teaching and evangelizing, at all times, many times, not at all times, it doesn't always seem like it's working. Um, you must be ready to try again, okay? You must have courage. A fisherman must have courage. This is a big one. If you're gonna be an evangelizer, you gotta have courage. The fisherman must have courage. He must be ready to face the fury of the sea when the wind starts up. Uh, you know, I told you the story before. Uh, the closest, I've had a few near-death experiences. But that time, leaving Putin Bay off of Catawba, heading back to Catawba Point in Lake Erie, because it's a shallow lake, and I tried to get back to work. That's all I was. And back then, people really worried about going to work. Uh, now the whole culture's changed. But I, I literally lived my life because I, I couldn't miss work. And we got out, it was about seven miles to Catawba Point. I was with my girlfriend, Julie, and, and all of a sudden the, the, the sky was turning purple, the winds were coming, I said, we gotta beat the storm. We got about halfway and that storm hit, that front rolled through. The waves were, I swear, half as high as the shrine. And, um, and, and we just, to this day, I still get scared thinking about that because um, I couldn't see the driving rainstorm. I, I'm totally relying on the compass. I had no idea where I was at the lake other than the bearing on the compass and couldn't see anything. The waves were crashing over the boat. And if you get turned sideways, you're gonna get swamped. You're totally gonna get swamped. And I was trying to keep the boat and I, I ordered Julie onto the floor with the life vest and made her get down and lay down on the floor. And then we hit a certain wave and another wave crashed over and it turned the boat sideways. It hit so hard, it flew me to the back of the boat. And the boat started to turn sideways. It flew me to the back of the boat and the back of my life vest caught the ski pole or I would have been out in the, in the lake, would have been dead. 
And um, I think seven people ended up drowning that day. But anyway, thank goodness <laughs> she didn't think of me. She jumped to the wheel and turned the boat just enough time back into the wave before the wave crashed, or like I said, we wouldn't be here. That takes courage. You got to have courage to be a fisherman. In the same way, you got to have courage in speaking the truth. You are going to run into stormy seas. You're going to have waves crashing all over your bow if you stand up for Jesus Christ. You have to have it. I wanted to point something out here that I also found talk about courage. Uh, I had Brother Alex bring me my phone because there is a story, all of you know, um, uh, being a graduate of Michigan, uh, when Michigan won the national championship, Coach Jim Harbaugh is a man known for pro-life. In fact, you know, he was at the pro-life march um, this week. He was at the pro-life march, Coach Jim Harbaugh. And um, he even said, if any of my players um, become an unexpected father and they can't afford the baby, don't abort the baby. My wife and I will adopt. This, this is amazing. So Jim Harbaugh has a brother, John Harbaugh, who coaches the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Now listen to this. I just was sent this text. After the Baltimore Ravens 34-10 victory yesterday, coach John Harbaugh opened his presser, not by complimenting his future MVP quarterback, but by thanking his creator. He said, greatness, power, glory, victory. Now this is in front of the whole press. National TV cameras, they just won. They're heading to the AFC championship game. And all these press people are around. It's live. It's live. And so here comes Coach John Harbaugh in this live press conference. And he says, greatness, power, glory, victory, and honor belong to you, God, because everything in heaven and on earth belongs to you. The kingdom belongs to you, Lord. Now, here he's saying this. The reporters are frantic. They don't know what to say. And then we found out why he said it. They had just defeated the Houston Texans, and they have a quarterback named C.J. Stroud. And guess what happened to C.J. Stroud? Last week when he won his game, Harbaugh's bold statement of faith came a week after NBC's statement, uh, I'm sorry, NBC's official Sunday night football cut out, cut out the Houston Texan, that quarterback, quarterback C.J. Stroud's comment where he said, all glory to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They cut it out. They took it out when he said that last week. So here comes John Harbaugh. And in the most beautiful little way of Christian solidarity, Coach John Harbaugh repeated what C.J. Stroud said and they cut out. So he came back. He had just defeated C.J. Stroud. And instead of saying, what a great victory and what, what yay is us, he basically acknowledged C.J. Stroud, the man who they just defeated by honoring God, which is what C.J. Stroud tried to do earlier and got cut off, got taken out. It takes courage. It takes courage to be able to do this. A fisherman must have courage in facing the stormy seas, a fury of the sea. A good preacher, teacher, 
or evangelizer like you must know there is always danger in telling the truth. You're going to be edited just like C.J. Stroud. You're going to be canceled like how many of our bishops speaking the truth. The man who tells the truth will take his reputation in his own hands. There will be things uh, uh, lied and smeared about people trying to tell the truth. And so it takes courage. Next, you must, a fisherman, must have an eye for the right moment. All right, a wise fisherman knows there are times better than others to fish. Brother Mark always laughs at me. If we get a couple days in the year and we can break away for a few hours to go fishing, all I do is I run down to the river, I could take a look at that river in two seconds and say it's not the time to fish. If it's high and muddy, don't even waste your time. If it's low and clear, then we can do it. You gotta know the right time. To be a good fisherman, you know there are certain times better than others. A good preacher or teacher or evangelizer like you chooses the right moment. There are times when you will be able to preach and other times be silent. There will be times when men will welcome the truth and other times they will attack you. You gotta be prudent. And so the wise preacher, teacher, or evangelizer like you knows that there is a time to speak and a time to be silent. All right? Now, the next one, you must get them to trust you. If you're going to beat your children over the head that they're going to hell and God hates them because they're not in church, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to trust God. You've got to be able to, like a fisherman, build trust. Well, Father, how does a fisherman build trust? I'll tell a quick story about my father. When he was out in Wyoming, or I think Idaho, he went to a trout stream, and the trout were all around, and he couldn't get them. Couldn't get them. They were all spooky. They would, they, would not, they would not take the bait. Well, they were smart enough to know there was a hook in it. These fish are smart. So my dad tried to outsmart the fish. So he took the cheese, or whatever he was using, the trout bait, and he didn't put it on a hook, and he threw it in. None of the fish, they would dart up to it, they wouldn't take it. So he'd take another piece of the cheese or the bait, the trout bait, and he'd throw it in, and all the fish would run up to it, but then they would not quite take it. Finally, one fish got the courage to take the bait. So my dad took a little another piece, threw it in, all of a sudden the next fish ran up and grabbed it. So he did it again, and by this time, all the fish trusted. And he threw the bait in, not on a hook, threw it in, and the fish were racing each other to take the bait, because they trusted now. Well, the last time, he put a hook on it. And he put a hook on it, threw it in, and a nice big trout came up and took the bait. That's because he first built trust. People are not going to give them what you're trying to bring them to catch them for Christ if they don't trust you. you. You're trying to catch them for Jesus. Well, Father, we're not trying to hook them in. I don't want to fool them. You're not fooling them. You're fishers of men. You're trying to catch them for Christ. That's why. So to finish, I know I'm running long here. The, <laughs> the fisherman must fit the bait to the fish. One fish will take a certain bait, but another will not. Um, Paul said that he became all things to all men, which means that he had to approach people differently. 
if I'm at a football game and I got some, I remember we were, we were at a, a football game years ago and this man, every other word out of his mouth was a curse word. Every other word out of his mouth was a curse word. And so I'm not going to start there. This guy is not the one to probably teach the scriptures to. He's probably not the one to start quoting scriptures. He's just going to, it's just going to be confrontational. So I started talking to him about when he became uh, a fan. Uh, it was a hockey game when he became a Red Wings fan. And, and we started talking and talking and talking. Then within 20 minutes, he asked me what I did. And I said, I'm a priest. Man, you should have seen the look on his face. The look on his face. All of a sudden, bam, you have found a way to get to them without beating them up. It's, that's being a real fisher of men, and in many ways you can do that. All right, so um, Paul did this. The wise preacher teacher knows that the same approach will not win certain men, and it will others. Uh, he may have to discover that there are certain ways to approach certain people. We have to do this. And finally, the wise fisherman should keep himself out of sight. This is interesting. If he over pushes it about himself, the fish will not bite. They'll see you. They will see you. Notice, if you go up to a fishing hole and there's fish in there, and you go up to the edge and they see you, they're gone. So the wise preacher or you, the evangelizer, don't let it be about you. It's about Jesus. They will always, the wise evangelizer will always seek to present Jesus, not himself. Not yourself. It's about Jesus. And so the fisherman's aim is to fix, to get himself out of the picture. Don't let the fish see him. In the same way, if you're an evangelizer, your aim is to fix the eyes of the people on God, not you. And so this is why when I get these, you know, lovely people at these conferences, and it's all about, the Virgin Mary talks to me. I'm the chosen one that Mother, Mother Mary appears to. Father, I need to meet with you for the next six hours to tell you how the Virgin Mary, everybody, it's all about me. It's all about me. No, 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 no. It's about Jesus. And so for the Jews and Greeks, it was, it, it was this message here. It was dishonorable for, also I want to finish with this, for the teacher to seek out the disciple. This was dishonorable for the Jews. Then what is Jesus doing? He's seeking them out. But Jesus does this, and, and, and he came down to their level socially. This is like preachers and teachers and evangelizers going out to the unchurched rather than expecting them to come to you. Well, Father, if anybody wants to come to me and talk about Jesus, I'll be happy to. A lot of priests I know, their doors not even open. They only open during mass time. They close and lock them after that. They're not going out into the street. There's a great priest, uh, a Father Joseph, down in Newark. And he's right in the middle of one of the roughest areas of town. And I went down there as a seminarian to help him. And he used to literally stand in front of the street at his parish with the doors wide open and his people walk by inviting them to come into the church. Not just for mass, just to pray unbelievable. So sometimes, even though the Jews thought it was dishonorable for a teacher to go seek the disciple, not Christ, he turned that around. He is saying the teacher must go find the disciple. So you too uh, must go out and, and find those who don't know Christ. True evangelization is being able to go 
and bring Christ to the people. And so, in my opinion, Jesus picked fishermen for a good reason. These are the reasons uh, that he picked fishermen, to be fishers of men, patient, perseverance, courageous. These are things that we need to do when we evangelize. Be like a fisherman. Go ahead and, um, and bring Christ to the people. And, um, and Coach Harbaugh, um, God bless you for, for going down to the Life March, for being willing to take any of your players who have a baby, not to abort them. Coach John Harbaugh, his brother, starting his press conference, giving glory to God. Praise be to God that we still have men in a public sphere like that who are courageous like a fisherman and not afraid of the results of what might happen. God bless them. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.